Thanks for checking out the Backstage with the Simple Church Podcast. My name is Evan Samanko. I am solo today. No Scott Odom, but it's still going to be a good episode. You're I not promise. solo. Oh, there's Jordan. I'm here. Our producer, Jordan Phillips, is great. Thank you, Jordan, for being here with us. And we have a great guest. Perry Reed is a licensed professional counselor. We've known Perry a long time, and we're talking about why Simple Church is coming back together in person. That's right, Easter Sunday. We will relaunch, be back open in person with all the people there at the Brookshire's Arena we're super excited and one of the big reasons is that we do know that people are affected during the pandemic and Perry as a counselor wants to talk about that some with us today so check out this episode all right Jordan you got to do the yell Scott's not here I can't. That was horrible. <laughs> Boo. All right. We are missing Scott, but we have gained Perry Reed, our wonderful guest today. Perry, thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Perry, we go back a long time. We do. We talked a lot. We have. You've helped in student ministry for years. You spoke for us. You were a counselor. You were very wise. Oh, thank you. Full of knowledge. <laughs> I'll take it. And you have been a frequent guest on the Parent Stuff podcast yes. that we do for parents every week. We'd love for you to check that out if you haven't checked that out. But you are here today to talk about something else that yes. is a big deal going on yeah. in the world. We're in a pandemic, Perry. Did you know that? I had no clue. Yeah. I kept wondering why people were walking around it's with masks weird, on. weird, right? Jordan, did you know? We're in a pandemic. You might oh, have heard. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's affected everybody in different ways. It has. Some people have called it collective trauma we're experiencing as a nation. Oh, like that's a big word, That's right. I studied up. I'm ready, Perry. <laughs> but you are here today because we have exciting news for Simple Church. You're listening to this podcast. You're probably connected to Simple Church somehow. Yeah. And we are <laughs> meeting back for the first time in person on Easter Sunday. And we are super <laughs> excited. That's right. It is open back up. We're going to be at the Brookshire's Grocery Arena. Because we are partnering with them to do our yes. event there on Easter. And we are excited. We are doing a Sunday morning service for Easter and the first time ever a Saturday night service. And that allows us to try to do some things to clean and get it ready for people and be safe overnight because there is a risk, right? There's a right. risk anytime you meet in person. Some people might not be comfortable. We'll still have everything we have online. But for the next couple of weeks on Backstage Podcast, we just want to talk about why we're choosing to meet again as a church. Sure. Certain churches have been meeting. You know, certain people haven't. There's still people that don't want to do anything in person where some people have been dying to get back in person. It's all over the map. Yeah. Everybody has an opinion. But what we want to talk about today with you is you are a professional counselor. Give us all your little uh, letters behind your name. Oh, I'm an LPC licensed professional counselor and a registered play therapist. There I play for a living. <laughs> and you're good at it. And that sounds silly, but it really is a really important way that you help. It's a for real therapy. Kids. Absolutely. And people might not know that. Mm -hmm. But you are somebody that I personally have known, and you are somebody that's full of joy and able to look at things. And I think you are a big help to a lot of families. Oh, thank you. And you just started your own counseling center. Yes, we did. So at Shreveport Counseling and Restoration Center, myself and Whitney Voss are in there. I work with kids and adults, but I do more individual um, counseling, whereas Whitney um, works with couples. She does sex addiction therapy, betrayal trauma, um, those kind of things. And I work not with that. <laughs> not with that. That's heavy stuff. Absolutely. So we're going to put in the show notes if somebody wants to get in touch with you. And I hope after listening to this conversation, they're like, wow, Perry sounds really smart. And Perry knows some stuff and is a counselor that could help. Because I think a lot of people right now are not in a good place, Perry. And what we want to talk about today is we haven't been meeting in person. I'm actually the online pastor. I do believe in technology and believe that there is a value to being online, to helping people make online collect I'm on your Facebook. Hey, thanks. There group. you go. That's right. We did an online Facebook group for Simple Church, Simple Church Online. You can ask to join. 
but there has got to be a way to move people from the online to in person. Mm. And that is my heart as an online pastor. That is our church's heart. But we've just been trying to do it safely. We've had different issues come up. So now as we're meeting again in person, one of the big factors that we decided on that is the looking at the overall country in the pandemic and how people are being affected. So you found a study that talks a little bit about that. And as a counselor's perspective, tell us what you think is going on to people here in the country as we've been in pandemic for almost a year. Yeah. So a couple of things, um, you know, you have to look at connection. And and that's where the pandemic really interrupted services. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, we're in a place where we don't get to connect. So the CDC, I've got my notes up here. I looked at their latest um, Cite your sources. That's something Justin said for a while there. you got to <laughs> cite your source. This is from the CDC. Yes. It was released in August. <laughs> so uh, 40% of U.S. adults are reporting struggling with mental health and substance use. All right, let's stop right there. Yeah. That's a big number. That's a big number. So if you had 10 of your friends, Mm -hmm. four of them right now are probably going through some kind of mental health issue or Mm -hmm. substance abuse. Mm -hmm. That's high. Yeah. And I've seen in my room, uh, you know, because I do work with children and adults, that uh, many children come again who are anxious because they left school for spring break, at least in Louisiana and um, Shreveport-Bossier area, and never came back. Yeah. Until August. And then when they came back in August, it was a whole new setup. And, you know, they're, it's hard to connect to that. And they feel anxious. And anxiety is always around them, so to speak, now. Even more so, it's, it's, uh, they're more aware of it, so to speak. And then for the adults, it's a whole new way of trying to live and exist um, in this world. So, yeah, it gets higher and higher. Um, you have a lot of uh, trauma-type stressors. I think it says here 26%. So let's do that real quick. What yeah. is the definition of trauma? So some people Thank hear trauma, I think about that. like a car wreck, right? Yeah. There's yeah. extreme trauma, but mm-hmm. then there's another level that I think is something that we might underplay depending on your personality or act sure. like it's no big deal. But it, tell us what your definition of trauma would be. Sure. So trauma is the is when the brain's inability to cope is it can't um, register what's going on. So we have little T traumas, which is for someone like I had to move and I didn't want to move. Okay, little T trauma. Big T trauma is going to be your car wreck, your pandemics. Mm. I mean, you know, because like I said, a lot of people lost their job. A lot of people um, lost connection, had to move. I mean, there's just so many facets there. So it's anything that overwhelms the brain's ability to cope. So what would you say to somebody that's like, well, I mean, I've had some bad stuff, but it's not really trauma. They downplay it or don't really believe that it's traumatic. What would you say to somebody like that? Find a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously. But yeah, I mean, I really do. I had one yesterday that, you know, um, to her and her mind, because it was her normality that it wasn't trauma. And so I was like, no, you've had trauma. So a lot of times we do try to downplay it because often it's better to think, no, I didn't have that than to accept the results of what happened when you did have that trauma. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and hearing somebody objective speak it yes. in your life and to hear that is one of the benefits of counseling. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, if, if someone is struggling and they wonder why, gosh, I'm so depressed right now. I've never been depressed before. Okay, well, you've had some things come up, some things that were way out of your control. And I think that's what has probably been the hardest with the pandemic is that nobody asked for this. 
Mm. We, as individuals, were not in control of what the government decided or anything else. And they were trying to take care of us. You know, they were doing the best they could to stop the spread of that. And so when we feel out of control, we feel helpless, when we feel um, all these things, it can make us really sad (laughs) quick and make us feel like hopeless. Yeah. And that's where a lot of this uh, substance use and depression comes into play. And I think 31% of that 40% um, experience those anxiety and depressive symptoms, which then leads, of course, to suicidal ideation. You know, thinking about it like, my gosh, I don't have a job. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? Kids for, you know, I, didn't get to, I don't get to see my friends. I don't mm. get to have play dates. You know, those kind of things. So it makes it really hard. And so those thoughts just kind of spiral downward, especially when we're in isolation. For sure. And I think one thing for me as a parent of a five-year-old and a two-year-old, Eliza, she's two. She's not really into it. But Nora has said things in the last couple months that surprise of what she's really listening to, Mm. what she hears. Mm -hmm. And so she had a writing assignment in kindergarten. And it said, if you could do anything right now, what would you do? And she came home and we were asking her about dinner. And she said, I would get my dad his smell back. Give my dad away. My smell back because I still don't have smell after the coronavirus. And I had mentioned it to Mallory. She asked about it at dinner a couple days before. And Nora, five, is carrying that Mm. and internalizing that and brought it up. And it was being sweet. Yeah. But she says little things like, when will the coronavirus be over? Or Mm. when can I go and do church again? Mm -hmm. And there is a weight that we downplay and try to. And sometimes adults, you have to try to get through, right? They're just trying to survive and keep their head above water and not want to deal with those issues. Mm. But I think about the anxiety level, too. I worked with students for a long time. And one of the things I remember reading a couple years ago was that the average anxiety level of a teenager today, they've been tracking it for 60 years. And it's the same level as a mental patient or an insane asylum or a prisoner oh, wow. as it was in the 1960s, mm. that the average anxiety they've tracked has just continued to rise. And that's mm. pre-pandemic. <laughs> and then yeah. you add that on top of everything else and losing stuff like prom and different mm. things that mm-hmm. some adults are like, oh, it's not that big a deal. You get over it. You don't get to walk at your graduation. But it really is. It's a grieving process yeah, that it's people a loss. are journaling. Absolutely. And then the kids trying to deal with that and the parents are doing it and trying to understand what to say and how to not downplay. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same mm-hmm. time, not give in and everybody craters. And it's complicated. Right. <laughs> complicated. It's a good word. Absolutely. So <laughs> I think short of going to therapy, which mm-hmm. I personally do, Mallory and I, my wife have gone. Most of our staff goes. We're big fans and believers of it and think a lot of people would benefit from Christian counseling. But do you have any advice for something that if somebody's listening to this, maybe is starting to feel that or has felt like maybe they're depressed or feeling anxious or those things that they could do on their own or something you'd recommend? Yeah. So a couple of things, y'all just forgive me because I ain't smart enough. to (laughs) Check your notes. (laughs) And we do want to put stuff in the show notes. So if you know on the podcast or the YouTube comments, you can go and reference these. We'll copy and paste them and that way you can get it later. Great. Great. So a couple of interesting facts just about connection. Um, And, you know, God is so amazing in how he created us. (laughs) And so he created our brains. To connect, and so there were three. Inter- there are three interesting facts. Number one, our need to connect is housed in our limbic system, which is our brain's alarm system. It is a survival need. Um, if you look back, studies have been done. I didn't do them, but studies <laughs> have been neither. done that researched our ancestors from way long ago. And like the one thing that the research found was that a lot of them died off due to lack of relationship. 
Hmm. Believe it or not, because that again, our brains are built to connect with each other. Um, connection increases dopamine. That is the same chemical that's released when we have joy and we get excited when we have happiness. That's our little happy chemical, that and serotonin. It's and addictive. then here's your one fact that everybody go get a tattoo now. Tattoos release dopamine as well. So that's no. your recommendation. Go get a tattoo <laughs> if you're feeling sad. JK. <laughs> but it really does, right? They it really find, does. And that's yes. why people get addicted and want to keep getting more because it's yes. a good feeling. Exactly. I because mean, it really? does. It makes you feel good. It's yeah. releasing that same chemical, that same high that you get from being with friends and connecting. And so let's understand that connection is extremely valuable. Um, I'm an introvert. I could live without a lot of people. Um, but reality is I can't do it forever. You know, and so I think that's what's been hard with the pandemic from March until when was it lifted? Like it was there for two or three uh, months. Yeah, June, I think. Yeah. And so that's a long time to go without um, being able to connect, especially if you are a person. Even for me, if I could do FaceTime or whatever, that's fabulous. That was enough for me. But for those who really thrive off of being face-to-face, it's very difficult to endure that. So what we have to remember is that connection is valuable. Mm. We've got to have that. Um, and, and what so, I love about that real quick, too, yeah, yeah. is when the science backs up what we believe as Christians, mm-hmm, right? Absolutely. That some different people don't necessarily want to trust science and can mm-hmm. go, and it's all about faith. But I personally believe and really do think that God created us in a way that we didn't really understand and the science catches up. Yes. And a lot of times what we find in science is it's confirming what we've believed as Christian principles, like connection. Yes. You need to be connected. Yes. And you need to have other people in your life and we're not made to do life alone. Mm-mm. We are not made. We are not a man. What's the song? No I man's think? an island. Yeah, no man's an island. I know I was getting there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I usually do half the quotes wrong anyway. but um, Or those, what do they call those? They're not quotes, uh, are they? Like phrases? Yeah, or? whatever. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> I digress. So, you know, going back to your um, topic of what can we practically do um, to get back into connection? Well, we want to do it safely, right? Absolutely. Um, so we do have to consider others. This is a scriptural principle as well as a science principle, as you were stating, and that when we come together, we have to respect each other. So scripture tells us serve one another, mm. right? Love one another as I have loved you. Um, serve one another. We don't put ourselves first when we serve one another. Say that again for people in the back here. <laughs> <laughs> it's about me. We, it's my rights, I, I know. It's what I, I want to do. <laughs> we don't serve one another to put ourselves first. Mm. That's not, we choose to say, you know what? You matter to me. And so I'm going to wear my mask, even though I really don't want to wear my mask. Nobody wants to wear their mask, right? But we do it so that the other person can feel safe. So that the other person who has a a, um, health condition and has to really be concerned but needs to connect can go to church too. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so I think we have to remember we're not we're being safe because CDC has told us this is a way to make sure or to at least lessen the likelihood of getting the coronavirus. But it also, from a scriptural principle, allows us to serve someone. That's a very simple act of wearing our mask. Absolutely. To serve someone. One thing we like to say a lot is something that Andy Stanley as a pastor said is, what does love require of me? Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard question. It's a very Because hard we question. don't like doing it a lot mm-hmm. of time. We want to mm-hmm. be selfish. Yeah. We want to make what we want. It's, it's our like, core, right? Absolutely. We're sinners saved by grace. So it's natural. To thought, I do not want to wear this mouse. You know, but at the same time, as believers, 
we put ourselves last. For the sake of other people. Yeah, for, for the sake, you know, and there are times that we're the Good Samaritan and we're the man in the road, you know, but when we're coming together, if everybody were willing to to treat others as if they were the man in the road, I'm going to serve you, so I'm going to be the Good Samaritan. Yep. And the other person sees, you know what, I'm going to be a Good Samaritan, wear the, the mask for you. Then we have an opportunity to come together and to help we each other. come together for Easter, mm-hmm. we are going to ask, and everybody comes, wears a mask. Mm-hmm. You can take it off when you get seated. They will be spread out. We'll have more space. It's the biggest building in the city. Mm. So literally, we'll have more space to spread out than anybody else to try <laughs> yeah. to really. But that's intentional that mm-hmm. we're choosing to do that, even if it's a smaller crowd, right. which realistically, it probably will be, right? Because some people aren't comfortable coming mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. But you'll have more space for you and your pod to sit together, to be able to not be close to other people. We'll try to go in, in between services on a Saturday night and a Sunday. The whole building will be cleaned. Mm. We're going to make every effort to be safe and go above and beyond even the minimum of what's required for churches mm-hmm. because we do want to be safe. Yeah. But for all those reasons we talked about at the beginning, it is a value to us that we do come back together in person, that there is connection, that there yes. is something to see in people and being able as you're comfortable to do it. Mm-hmm. But the other good thing too is that we're going to keep everything online that has been. So if yeah. you've enjoyed watching at home, you're in another state right now listening, everything is going to stay the same. We're going to keep in addition to all the stuff we've added with the pre-show and all that stuff. We'll be able to do both and. And so if you're not comfortable coming back, you have a health condition, please do not feel guilty, feel like we're pressuring you to come back. Just keep watching at home. Keep yeah. being there, but it gives an option to the folks that do want to come back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a healthy alternative um, to give to people. And I think you said a key word there is not feeling guilty. Yeah. Um, we can't feel guilty for taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. So there's a quote I read this week. I actually posted it on Instagram and really liked. Orange is a ministry that does stuff for families and students and going through. And one of the things they said was that Let's see, I lost it. Churches that impact the future will leverage technology as a positive and practical way for humans to connect with humans. And that's what my job is. That's what we're trying to figure out and make better is we want to help you if you're online to find Simple Church. Maybe you've only been watching the pandemic. Maybe you've never been in person. You're watching somewhere out of state or in another country even. We have some guys overseas that watch every week and talk about it that are deployed. We are so thankful that you are still a part of the church through technology, that it is something that's never been able to happen before in history, Mm -hmm. that we didn't have that ability. And so it's really, really cool to me that we are able to use that technology, but the end goal of the technology is to help you to move to relationship, mm-hmm. to move with mm-hmm. other people and be connected. Right. I read a book when I was in college called Bowling Alone. I don't know if you've heard I, that book. It's great. So it's all about the death of bowling leagues. <laughs> and it was a microcosm of the whole society and that in the 1950s and 60s, people were in bowling leagues and there was millions of people that would go and bowl and hang out and be together and do bowling leagues. Mm-hmm. But they dropped and they kept dropping. And basically the whole crux of the book was the average American went from having three close friends that they could confide in and talk to in the 1960s to one in the 1990s. Mm. So a third of yeah. the friends that you had before. So our parents' generation, my parents, your parents, they would have said they had three close friends. They're people that they worked with, were neighbors, they talked to, and they had that ability to confide and talk to somebody mm. where now my generation has one. Mm. And that's a, a large level of shallow, right, that mm. you can have Facebook friends. I really do believe that real relationships can happen out of online and things yeah. can move from that. But it's more shallow and wide than it is deep and somebody that Mm -hmm. knows you that you can talk to that can really you trust to speak into your life. And that's where I think finding a counselor is a great start if you feel like you're alone and don't have anybody, you don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. But I also think the church, our job is to help people to walk alongside and to Mm -hmm. go with people to make those connections. Yeah, We'd hosted a life group for years and try to help people. And we have people that are friends now from the life group that they connected to each other. And Mm -hmm. that is one of my favorite parts of being a life group leader. You did a life group for years and it's something that helps 
to make that connection because it's awkward. It's weird, right? You don't know people and you're not sure. And there's a lot of misses. <laughs> we have people that aren't <laughs> friends. But for all those misses to see somebody that makes a connection to get moved from being alone, moving into a new town or not having somebody that you know and are close with mm-hmm. to making those connections is a big deal to me. And it's a big deal to us as a church. And that's yeah. what we're trying to figure out. Yeah. And, and so, you know, one of the things that I think if you're, if you are a person listening and your thought is, I'm going to go the, to this church and sit by myself because we're in pods, we're separated. What is something that, whether I'm in a counseling session, working with somebody with that fear, or someone that's listening online, how can we help them feel connected if they're coming by themselves? Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> All right. And that will yeah, be that's in right. the Thank next you, session. Do you have the answer? Because it's a balance, right? Some right. people are very concerned about coronavirus mm-hmm. and don't want to be hugged and don't want to see anybody, but they do value being live in the room. Mm-hmm. And some people are dying for that connection. But then as the volunteers, as the leaders, you've got to be comfortable yourself with not mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. close to people. And so we're trying to figure that out. We're definitely not going to harass anybody that comes to Easter and force you to sit with people. <laughs> but if you are looking for that, I would say the number one thing is to volunteer. Okay. So that is a win-win for us as a church and for you because when you volunteer you have something in common you can do together you'll make friends you'll be thrown in the trenches we definitely need your help Mm -hmm. and so this coming Sunday they're going to have another service then at the end of the service at the municipal you can get a free ticket and attend there'll be an Easter volunteer meeting and so if you want to volunteer that is your first step come to the municipal come in person Justin is going to go through and explain what it's going to look like in Easter, how we're going to make it safe, and how you can get volunteer plugged in. You'll be put on a team. There'll be a team leader, and we hope through that that is a great way to make a connection to yes. do something and serve. It's yeah. a win double because then you get to go and get the benefit of helping somebody else. You make Easter happen, and by doing that, I promise you, you're going to meet somebody. Maybe not everybody on your volunteer team will be your best friend, but I think it'll help you to move and at least be known by somebody else yeah. to do that. So I'll put a link in the show notes, too, for that, that you can sign up and volunteer, and we definitely would like you to check that out and that could help everybody yeah and I just want to mention to you we were talking about we've we've said it a couple of times on this podcast about being balanced and you know when we look at the holistic self we're looking at an emotional perspective a mental perspective a physical perspective and then a spiritual perspective right yeah and so emotionally you know whenever we're able to connect we are able to help others. We're able to go, wow, it's nice to see you, even though I may only see your eyeballs. (laughs) It's nice to see you. It's nice to connect. We feel less anxious. We help others feel less anxious because we're connecting. We're not a man into ourselves, you know. Um, Then mentally, it allows us, if we go in with the attitude of, I'm going to help serve others mm. by wearing my mask or being present or whatever volunteering it is, is that we um, allow, again, if you look at it from a science factor, we're letting dopamine drop. We're helping ourselves feel good. But we also are saying, you know what? You matter enough to me that I'm going to to wear my mask. And it mentally allows for us to be able to focus on the message because I'm not worried about whether you're going to get me sick or vice versa. It allows the other person to go, whew, I feel safe being here because I can focus on the message. I know other people are thinking about me just as I'm thinking about them um, during this time. Physically, of course, when we're wearing our masks or we're keeping six feet of distance, whatever it is, is that we are keeping ourselves safe from any contact, right? And then spiritually, it goes down to the serving of others, to be Christ-like and go, you know what? 
like I said earlier, we're going to, I'm going to put myself last so that I can make sure not only that you get a connection, but that we can all connect win, together. Win. Almost exactly. like God designed us that way. Huh? <laughs> Almost like God designed us that I way. Know. Who knew? Right? Who knew? Like he knows what's going on. <laughs> well, Perry, this has been great. Thank you. We definitely would encourage you if you were somebody that you feel like you need to speak to a counselor, you didn't know where to start, you just Google it. Start with Perry and Whitney. Oh, thank they you. are great. Absolutely. No, we definitely do that. Check out the show notes to get in contact with them and be able to figure that out and do that. And then if you are interested in Easter, we would love to be there, be a part. This is a great way to jump back in. It's like relaunching the church, really. Yeah. We haven't met in a year in person, and we need people, some people that have helped for years or not comfortable coming back. Sure. So this is a great time to jump in, to get plugged in. If you're a volunteer, you've been doing it. We're so thankful for you. We need you back. Show yeah. back up. <laughs> Come back. Perry, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. They're right. Y'all have a great week. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Backstage with the Simple Church Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a new episode every week, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast. We also want you to give us a review. If you are listening, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening there. It helps other people to find it and really does do a good job of getting people there to see the podcast. We hope you enjoy this content. Thanks for watching or listening and have a great week.